Inspired by the rich cultures and beauty of Africa, Christina Funke Tegbe is the founder of the clean beauty brand 54 Thrones. Join us today as we discuss her solo travels throughout the African continent, the ingredients she discovered along the way, and just how 54 Thrones came to be. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable in Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Christina Tegbe. She launched 54 Thrones in 2016, just a year after embarking on a solo trip throughout Africa. Determined to share the richness and beauty both of her own Nigerian heritage and of the cultures she had learned more about, Christina pivoted from a career in corporate consulting and founded her very own brand, 54 Thrones. Inspired by the homage she pays to Africa through every touchpoint in the brand, 54 countries in Africa, 54 Thrones has each product named after an African queen or goddess. And if that wasn't enough, Christina also personally travels to each country to source ingredients, meet artisans, and collaborate to share the beauty that has been handed down across generations in Africa. I cannot wait to sit down with her today and discuss the journey so f- to date, from being part of Sephora Accelerate program to appearing on Shark Tank. So, Christina, thank you so much for being with us. <laughs> thank you for having me. I am so excited for this. I am so excited. Take three, right? Like, how many takes have I had already? <laughs> but we got there. We got there. <laughs> so, Christina, already, I'm just, I can tell this is going to be one of my favorite podcasts because I think we just have had this initial vibe. We can't stop laughing. So, um, you know, the drill, I'm going to ask, my, my first question, like I ask everyone, is this. Who, in a nutshell, is Christina? I am an onion. I have so many layers. Um, I can I can be, you know, on any place on earth and be able to adapt. And sometimes, like, I was listening to you speak, of, you know, do my intro, and I'm like, wow, I really was traveling around Africa by myself. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> so... You know what I mean? So, I mean, I am, I'm curious. I'm led by my curiosity and a lot of things that I've done in my life. And I think me being curious and at some points naive has really helped shape myself and shape the brand in a good way. Um, I never, I don't know it all. And I embrace the fact that I don't know it all. Um, I embrace the fact that to ask questions and to listen and to be interested in order to be interesting. That's something I always say to myself when I'm meeting people. So I have a lot of layers, but I think what I like the most about myself is my curiosity. I love that. And I also love your answer. You're the only person who introduced himself as a fruit or vegetable. <laughs> Why did I say fruit, vegetable? Um, <laughs> but I love it. I think that's going to be my new question. Forget who the nutshell is. It's like, which food are you? Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so you were born and raised in Austin, Texas, correct? I was born in Houston, raised in oh, Houston. Austin. Raised mm-hmm. in Austin. Okay, there we go. And um, so you, you um, were in a household, it was a Nigerian, you have father, and the father was Nigerian and your mother was American? Father Nigerian, my mother is American. Great. Okay. So what was that like? Because I can also relate a little bit with um, born and raised in London, Indian parents. My dad was from Uganda. My mom was from India. But they were, you know, had a very diverse upbringing, but still in, in a Western society, right? So what was that like? It, like my, so my father was Nigerian. He, um, some of his siblings were still in Nigeria. So I didn't meet a lot of like my aunts and cousins until I was an adult. Mm. Um, but I, my mother, you know, grew up in Texas and she had 16 brothers and sisters. So I had, it was a, I had a boisterous, like loud, very um, expressive upbringing. My parents really encouraged us and to to pursue like our ideas like there was not there was no like bad idea um and i say that because 
I did sports, I did dance, I did art, I did choir, very, very active upbringing. And my mother and my father did a great job of like encouraging my ideas. Like I said earlier, like I, I would watch Oprah with my mom, the Oprah show. And I would be like, mom, I have an idea for her show. And my mom would be like, write her a letter, tell her. And so I was like a little kid writing Oprah, writing Oprah letters. And my mother, and one time Oprah wrote me back. No. She literally sent me a, you know, she sent me a postcard back. And so like, I would write books and I got one of my books published. Like I was like this kid who was doing everything. And my mom and, and dad would just be like, do it, Christina, like go for it. Like you can do anything. And so I really grew up thinking I could do anything. And my siblings did also. So there was that part of my childhood. And then it was like the Nigerian side too. So I was Nigerian and I was American. Growing up at some points, I just wanted to fit in. I didn't want to be different. Um, I wanted to fit in with my friends. I wanted to just like be like an American kid. I wanted to blend in at some at some points. And, and that didn't really change until I got to college. But as a kid, like growing up in suburban Texas, I just wanted to fit in. I didn't want to be different. I knew I was Nigerian. And when I was at home, I was like proud of those things. But when I was at school, I just I just wanted to be like an, a, a American kid. Um, and I think a lot of like kids from the diaspora or first generation, second generation can relate to that. Yeah. hundred percent. I I also think it's to do with the time. It's like, I I feel like what you're saying is exactly how I felt. Like I was definitely really, um, underplaying even my heritage. I wasn't like, I I wouldn't say I wasn't proud of being Indian. Of course that wasn't it, but I didn't feel like as accepted in where I was up in in London, in North London. So I kind of was like, definitely like not being that in my roots. Like I, for example, Mm -hmm. my parents were like, oh, you should take Hindi lessons. And I was like, no, why would I do that? I'll take Spanish and French, right? And now today I'm like, damn it, like I should have taken Hindi. No, because I I know Spanish and French, that's great. But I don't even know my, you know, my mother, my, my technically my, my language from my roots but um it was at university right when you kind of like have left that kind of school town culture and then it's where i started really appreciating it um so it's very funny it's, it's actually really interesting um yeah but so did, did you kind of growing up did you have a lot of i guess moments of um or like experiences with beauty like what were some of those initial kind of memories you have growing up I did. There was a lot of beauty. My mother had eight sisters and all of them were hairstylists. Like they were really into makeup, really into fashion. One of my aunts was a Janet Jackson impersonator. Like she would travel the world as Janet. And so like the big hair, the makeup, like, and we would go see her and I'd be like, I would be so confused as a kid. Like, are we related to Michael Jackson too? Like, it was like, so beauty and just like fashion and style was like a huge part of my upbringing. My mother was so fashionable. Like I would, whenever I would be getting ready to go to school, I would, I could hear her because she would always have on bangles and necklaces and just. She was very colorful and vibrant. And so I grew up with that, but um, also my father. So the way that like African beauty, the first time it was introduced to me was from my my father's oldest sister, Mummy Fagbone. She would send little tubs of shea butter and black soap and cocoa butter to us from Nigeria. And so she, whoever was like traveling to America, she would ask them to pack this in their suitcase And they would mail them to our house once they got to the States or they would come and bring it by. And as a kid, I didn't understand why that was so important until I got older. But so we would be using these, you know, ingredients. And I'm like, why does our lotion come from Africa? And it wasn't until, you know, I got older and my, when I would look back when I was in my twenties and I was like, that was her way of making sure we grew up with parts of our culture. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. I love that. And so I know you went on, um, I mean, you had a career in as a corporate consultant and, um, you know, that was like a career. What was like the initial, I guess, um, corporate journey for you like? So, you know, I went to Tulane University. I, you know, went the business route. I, I had a bachelor's and then I eventually went back and got an MBA. And then I also got a master's in healthcare administration and I, you know, got into corporate America. I was a corporate consultant. I worked with a lot of hospitals and 
and doctors and I was traveling Monday morning. I would catch a red eye flight to go see my clients. I would fly home Thursday night every week. Mm. And I did that, you know, that was what I went to school for. Um, but I was burnt out. Um, and in 2015, I was like, I just had in 2012, that was the first year I visited Africa. I went to Nigeria for the first time. And I, with my father and my sister and my brother, and I just like fell in love. I felt so connected. That was the first time I met my grandmother, um, my, my paternal grandmother. And in 2015, three years later, I had still been traveling Africa with, with family members and friends. But in 2015, I was like, I just had this urge, like this calling to go back and learn more about like how you said the language. I didn't know Yoruba. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot of these things and I felt like I needed to go and explore and, and get connected. And that's what I did. I quit my job and took booked a flight to Nigeria. <laughs> I, and you know, like I, so personally speaking, I, I, when I went to Africa my first time, um, and I'm talking like, not like North, like Egypt and this Morocco, I'm talking like, you know, like Kenya, Uganda, Nigeria, these places. I genuinely was shocked a why it took me so long to go. My father was born in Uganda, so it was he was during Idi Amin time when they were exiled out. Um, the the South Asians um, were, were, were either had choice to go back to India or to go to um, UK where they were, were were taken in. And he obviously had a bitter, I guess, experience. It took him a long time to go back, even though he did have some friends and stuff there. And when I went there, I kid you not, like I. Never in in my entire I've traveled all around the world and never have I felt I guess you could say the most closest to I guess um, stillness and like no no external thoughts I forgot about, I didn't I never want to use my phone for example right yes. I want to be detached and I feel like this is something in my past life some kind of uh, you know you even see like the beginning of mankind or originates from in the space in Kenya and stuff like this. And now I say to myself, every December, and I've done this now every single last year, providing one year for COVID, which I couldn't go, even though in COVID I did go to Namibia once, um, I have to go in December to Africa. Uh, I try to drill a new country just to be reset and to kind yes. of ground myself. Do you sometimes wow. go and ground? Did you feel really grounded during your travels? I do. And every January I spend my birthday in Africa. I have to. I've been doing this for the past like Amazing. five years. Yeah. Um, I feel so grounded. I spent yeah. um, two months of this year, January and February in Nigeria. Um, I like how you said, like, I feel so grounded. I feel so connected and I feel the stillness and the peace. I don't want to use my phone. I want to be so present. It mm. also is it also for me, it's where I can really get into my creative mind because, you know, we're entrepreneurs, we're business people, but I, like we're also visionaries and creatives. Exactly. And, like that's where I get it activated when I'm there. This is okay. I'm so glad I'm not alone. I think like I, I also kind of was like my secret thought. I was like, I don't want to tell people that I go to Africa <laughs> to get my best ideas because everyone will go. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, maybe this is not the best. Maybe I'll cut this part and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's our little secret. <laughs> But literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one needs to know that. There's sharing, but there's oversharing, right? (laughs) But but generally speaking, my best idea and for Fable was, and me and my sister went ourselves in the middle of the pandemic when we launched the brand. We just went to Namibia, one way ticket. We were like, we're probably going to be stuck here for a couple of months because there was lockdown again. It was like that kind of Mm -hmm. second wave. And me and Nikki just had the best ideas without any intention. It just came to us. Mm -hmm. And it was. And yeah, it definitely was escapism from our norm, from our current routine, from yeah. where we were. But it was just the energy around us. So yeah, fully agree. So just what was it like when you went and you traveled around? Did you have a plan of action? Was it, or was it just like you figure it out? I had no plan of action. Granted, you know, in 2015, when I quit my job, I had been thinking of ideas. I was like, I have to do something else. Yeah. And I, I was so confident in that I would come up with something but myself, I'm also the kind of person, like, I don't have a poker face. I'm the kind of person that's like, I can't fake the funk. Like, if I'm not feeling yeah. something, you, you know, like, I, 
I, I got to get out. Like I've quit every every job I've ever had. I quit when I was like done. And my dad yeah, always jokes too. like you too. Yeah. My dad always jokes because when I was a kid, I would just like unenroll myself myself in things like choir. I did it, and I was like, I'm over it. Soccer, yeah. I did it. I'm over. And so that's always like the joke um, with me. But I, I didn't it. have a plan. I was like, I had to get out. I'm tired of flying. I can't. I got to get out of corporate. I got to get out. And I was like. Let me just go home and something will come up. And it took a year mm. of traveling for me to be like, to think of what I was going to do. And so when I got to Nigeria, I was more so just like enjoying my family, learning and just like relaxing and being able to breathe because I was in a very stressful job, you know, and I was mm. able to breathe. And then I went to Morocco and I got to see the differences in culture and, and scenery and color and everything. And, and and then I would go and I went to Egypt and then I went mm. to um, oh, so many places. I went to South Africa and I, so I just in Ghana and I would just see the differences and the beauty. Yep. And I was like, when people in, you know, in America, you know, or the West think of Africa, they don't think of these things and they don't get to see these things. They and it's important. Yep. It's important. And I think and of I it as like, one, I, like one picture, right? Or what they've seen on the internet. It's like so much I, more vast and diverse than... But I mean, we know that obviously, but it's still, it's, it's surprising me I have to even say that, you know, like, yeah, most of you might not even know where even it is on the map. So that's the crazy, crazy thing. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah. That. And so I didn't have a, I didn't have a plan, but just what you're saying, like I would, I would be like in Ghana and, and I would talk to my friends and I'm like, y'all, you got to, and I would send them pictures and they were like, what? I'm like, this is Africa. And so the idea slowly came to me like throughout that year. Yeah, no, amazing. Uh, I mean, one thing I will say, just going back to the point as well of how you, you, you kept on leaving things if you didn't feel away. I also think, you know, to even rework, reframe that, because I'm similar to you, it's, I'm the same. Like, if I'm not feeling it, like I've quit all my jobs. I even tried to quit. I was in Dior for three years. I, tried, I went to my CEO, like, probably, he probably hated me. I went, like, every couple of months, like, I want to leave. And he was like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but it was more like, I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, you know, I didn't need this or politics and that. And it's more like when you're in a different mindset. But it was more like I actually realized, and I think this is the same with you, we just, like, we have an idea, we go for it. Or we have a thought, let's try it. Let's do it. We want, you know, that's the best beauty of life is if you can have as many enriched experiences, maybe they're not connected, maybe they make, make no sense, but try it. And obviously by doing a lot of things and trying a lot of things, naturally the, the, the end product is it might not work or I might quit or I might leave or, you know, that happens. But, um, but I think the, the focus of that is just being up for the challenge and going for it and trying things out. Because if you don't try, you don't know. You know, that's very, very important. So 2015, you quit your job, you traveled around Africa. Um, and then 2016 is when 54 Thrones launched. So I would love to know a little bit about this birth of it from your idea to reality. And I mean, were you always dreaming of creating a beauty brand or was this like inspired by the trip? It was not always a dream of mine to create a beauty brand. Um, I always thought that growing up, I was like, I always thought I would be a lawyer and then I, you know, turned into to be a consultant. And then after that, I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I wasn't exactly sure what. I knew that I was really good at solving problems and I was able to like be um, flexible and adaptable. So I knew I could do it. Traveling to Africa and meeting so many women who were like in Uganda making shea butter, you know, or in Nigeria um, you know, making Moringa or Bao. I, I, I met so many women and people that were so smart and strong and beautiful. And all of these ingredients were things that their families have been making for generations. And I was like, this is cool. And I wanted, I wanted to work with them directly. And that's how the idea of the beauty brand came together because I was so fascinated at how like shea butter and argon oil and all these things are made. And I was like 54 thrones, like, 54 countries in Africa and I wanted a name that was like regal but wasn't contrived and I was like 54 thrones and it just when it when it hit it hit and I was like this is what I'm doing <laughs> this is it. isn't that just the best when you when you when you kind of like have a name and then you're like okay I'm gonna just do it and then you're like wait I can do it it's not like it wasn't trademarked and all that kind of stuff was it like in smooth <laughs> shit from there because that can happen right. we know the reality yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I'm so, so happy. It wasn't so, trademarked. It was, it was like just, it was wide open. And 
Amazing. I knew at that point that this is what I was supposed to be doing. I mean, this is so, so now we obviously the name was created. And what was that first launch cadence? Um, what was your first product? Um, was it that? I mean, I'm a huge fan of the, the butter. Is it was it that your first product? I don't know if it was. The first products look so different than what, really? what it looks like today. Totally different. And that is also just like an O2. You have sometimes you have to pivot and be flexible in, in this, you have in this industry. And yeah. so I had products and they were just so low ingredients. So I had shea butter and it was just shea butter. I had argon oil. It was just argon oil in a bottle. And that's what I first launched with. It was shea butter. It was argon oil. It was Rasul clay from Morocco. And it was baobab oil from Nigeria. And that was like my lineup. And I had to, I, I, I quickly realized that I had to pivot. I had to mm. pivot and I had to tell a bigger story through my product lineup. And so the brand, the packaging, everything is totally different from today to when I first launched in 2016. And that's, that's really important because what was that, like, I guess, not necessarily aha moment, but pivot moment where you were like, okay, I need to change the pack. Was it the idea of going into retail? Was it, what was the thought process? Well, I changed. So in 2016, when I launched, you know, um, it wasn't moving. And I knew it was because of other factors also. I was bootstrapped. I didn't have money to, to get it out there. But in 2019, I, I'm not exactly sure like what, how it came to me, but I just had this idea of the gold tube and the packaging. Mm. And I was like, I have to make this switch. And it just came in in 2019. So three years later is when the butters like were born because I felt like my products looked like everyone else's. And another thing, my first packaging um, was so minimal. It was so like black and white and minimal and straight lines. And I was like, that's not how I feel when I'm in Africa. Like it's color, it's vibrant, it's ball, it's like. And I was like, and also I'm not like that. Like I am like bubbly and fun. And so I said, you know what? I wanted, I had to change the packaging to be more reflective like of like how I feel when I'm in Africa and mm. you know, who I wanted to, who I was creating these products for. Like I wanted her to walk into the aisle, you know, and in, in the stores and pick it up and feel like excited. I wanted her to pull it out of her purse and want people to ask like, ooh, what's that in the gold too, right? So I knew I had to change it up. Definitely. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad you did because it's, it's honestly, it's iconic. I love it. It's so beautiful. And it's nice to, you know, when you create a product in this very saturated world, but then people could like draw it, it becomes like a symbol, that Chanel number five thing. You really have owned this amazing like gold tube. I can already visualize, you know, it's just, it's stunning. It's so, I'm really, you. you must be, yeah, really, really proud of that. So tell us a little bit about 2016 you launched and then I know there's um, some amazing experiences on the journey I, I mentioned two at the very beginning which was um Shark Tank and Sephora Accelerate and then so can you just first was Shark Tank I guess the first of those two correct so I my Shark Tank episode aired a month after I launched in Sephora oh, but it but was filmed I did, before yeah. It was filmed before, but I, I was in Sephora. I was part of the 2021 Sephora Accelerate program, and that was January yeah. through May of 2021. And that was like me getting into like Harvard. It was like going to the Olympics. It was like, it was like everything that I could have wanted. It was like that, like on the bucket list, on the life bucket list, everything. Mm -hmm. And so like once I got the email and I did an interview with, you know, Sephora, to, to, and then I got the email and I was just like, like, I can't even describe it. So happy. Um, I, and a lot of my like um, fellow founders, Alamade of Topicals and um, Desiree, yeah. of, you know, like amazing, talented women. And we were all in this class together. So Sephora Accelerate was like the golden ticket. It was my dream come true. And your class, I mean, I remember that was the first class I think I got introduced to um, as just like as a, as a, I, I, I'm this year I'm part of the program partners, but last year I wasn't, but I am obsessed with your class. You have like the Megan from Reese, you have obviously Desiree Hyper yeah. Edom girls, you have, I mean, yeah. amazing uh, company. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's such great, um, such great uh, family, I guess you had uh, to enjoy um, during that time. But so Sephora Accelerate was, I guess, before, but technically, yeah. What was that like having your episode air 
after or like you know this this like one month after so i and you know okay so my episode aired in october and i had spoken to people who had been on shark tank you know like other girl other other beauty founders so i spoke with glow recipe christine and sarah i was like what should i expect you know like and and they were like listen christina she's like you're gonna sell out like try to get as much inventory as you can because like it's gonna skyrocket after this like once you air and so they were right. And I remember like being at home and watching the episode live on um, Instagram live, like with my followers. And, you know, I was the last one in the episode. And so we were watching. And as soon as my like my face came, I saw like the pe- like the number of people watching just go up. Like it went up so fast. It was crazy. It was like a couple of hundred. Then it went up to thousands. And I'm like, what? So. People really watch Shark Tank and just, you know, get on Instagram for the brand and start shopping. And it does, our, it does have that huge spike, right? It it's has crazy. that huge spike. And we just would like for days, it, our, our Shopify was just dinging, 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 like ding, 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 ding with orders. And so um, Shark Tank was incredible. Like being on the show, being in front of the judges, you know, and people ask me, like, was I nervous? And I, I actually wasn't nervous. It's if you can think about walking into a room mm. in front of five people and you get to talk about the thing you love and know the most and they're all waiting there, like they're waiting to hear it. So I was like, and they're, sm- and they're all smiling at you too and they want to hear what you have to say. So it was great. I loved it. Oh, I love that you said that. It's so, it's so, I mean, honestly, like I hear sometimes um, two things, nervous, which yeah, okay, I can also get sometimes people like with cameras and speaking, that's like a personality trait, I get it. But sometimes people feeling, oh, I'm, I'm scared, I'm not, I'm not prepared. It's like, if it's your baby, if it's something, it's, you, you, you know, it should be so, you don't even need a script, right? Or you do right. need a script in those things, I'm sure, because you, do have, you have a couple of minutes and you have like, oh, yeah, I know. But generally speaking, it's something that you should be so excited about, something the world, um, and I'm so glad you said that. But Fun fact I want to know is, what, when, when it went, obviously, live, were you told before, like, how can you prepare that e-commerce Shopify engine stock? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so they will let you know, like, if you're going to end. That's good. We'll let you know. And the, the way that we prepared, it was like, you know, we needed to, ha- so we, we needed to have apps on Shopify, like plugins if something went out of stock. Because things were going out of stock, like, right before our, our eyes. And so you need to have a backup plan, whether you're going to do back orders, you know, or allow them to pre-order or allow them to pay and then you ship when you get it. So you need to have like your app game set up. Yep. You need to have, you need to be able to collect those emails, those SMS, you know, for phone numbers, all of that needs to be, you know, set up on your site. Because turned on. Yeah. Turned on. You have this moment where you're going to get all this traffic and you want to make sure that you can get those data points. So though like that was one way that we prepared. And we also needed we also needed to let our retailers know, right? Mm. So we want to let our retailers know like, "Hey, we're going to be on Shark Tank." So people might walk in looking for us, you know, or that could also be a selling point when people on the floor are selling our product like, "Oh, you know, they were on Shark Tank." So we we wanted and then also to prepare them if they're for an influx of like traffic and people looking for our brand. Yeah. So we let our retailers know as well. And you know, because I was thinking about this, it's so funny, I was thinking about this today, as a, as a founder does, thinking about random things that you're like, why are you thinking about this? So I think it was like, I was walking and I was thinking about out of stock. It's just such a random thought. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, Leonard Lauder once said, um, you know, uh, and I was more to my team, I was thinking about telling them in a call, but um, there's a lot of hype about we sold out in four minutes or we sold out in two hours. And like, Everyone's like, you see these articles and the brand that's hyped yeah. out and you can't. And I'm like, that's like glorified. That's cool. But like Leonard Lauder said something in S. Lauder, the founder of this guy. He said, um, that's not a good thing. That, that means you're not, do, you're, you're missing out on business, right? It's not that, you, like, there's different ways to look out of it. Like you can celebrate, but you're missing out on opportunity. And I was like, yeah, that's it. So like sometimes when I hear my, like, I hear strategies, people say, should we just have a little bit and sell out? I'm like, no. Like, why would we just do that on purpose? Right. Just make the business where it makes it, turn it on. Like, you know, just like, why not? Um, so yeah, it's just, I was thinking about that today. So when you said that, I love the fact that you were like, you know, thinking about all the touch points because you don't want to be out of stock if you can avoid it, right? Like take advantage of that moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Um, which sounds really simple, but then I'm always hearing people say, we sold out in four days, amazing. I'm like, it's amazing, but it could be better by not being sold out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's just a little fun like side, side thought. So currently today, so obviously Sephora Accelerate, then what was the next steps for you and Sephora after the, the graduation of the program? Yeah, so I graduated Sephora Accelerate in May, at the end of May, and then I launched Sephora online in US and Canada. We launched in September. So when as soon as I graduated, it was like game time. Like, get prepared, launch launch plan strategy, like meeting with my merchants. And, and I wanna I wanna say like that is also testament to what you're doing because I've spoken to a lot of Sephora Accelerate. It's not guaranteed the Sephora distribution eight, and it's sometimes even a year or this, and it just shows like what you're building was so like a perfect timing, but like needed, right? It's it's really important yeah. to say that. Yeah. Absolutely. It was it was it was needed in so many of our like Instagram followers. They were like, when mm. are y'all gonna be in Sephora? Like we wanted I wanna be able to shop you at Sephora, you know, and so we were all really excited, but it was also like my first time doing a like a big launch. So this was all still very new to me. And so there was a lot of questions that I had. I had to work really closely with my Sephora merchant team and I leaned on my mentors a lot also because I'm like, okay, like I know how to make like and 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 think of like products that people are gonna love, but I've never done a Sephora launch. And you launch, you know, you get one, you launch once, right? And I really wanted to get it right mm-hmm. and make a make an impact. And so, learning like the 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 components needed for a Sephora launch, and even you know we were launching online, um, but still knowing those components and the different analytics and things we need, like that is a whole like thing in itself. It. I mean. I mean. Even like. Online brick and mortar, it, I mean, that's just Sephora's, I guess, problem in, in terms of they take it over. But from our end as a brand founder, the amount of work from all these forms, MPF forms, you've got to yeah. then make sure it's six weeks before in their warehouse, they have to distribute. Yes. Like, it is, it's like, it's a, it's a role. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a big thing and it's no easy feat. And also not understanding, you know, when you launch, we all know Sephora is big, but we just don't know how big it is until you're there and they you know they often do weekly orders weekly you know they have and they have their rough forecasting so that you prepare for how many they think but if you have a viral moment and you go big they change the algorithm they order more so you suddenly are like oh my god like i need to make sure i have enough product each week for this giant of a retailer so it is like an amazing partner as you said working in the kitchen with the merchants they're kind of amazing consultants, friends, uh, everything, right? They tell you exactly where you think you should go, but at the same time, you've got to do a hell of a lot on your own. and It's not easy. So did you have like a team uh, at the beginning that you helped with? Or, like, What was your structure there? Yeah, so, in the, so um, at that point, I had my, you know, myself, but I also had some people that also work here in our headquarters in Houston. Um, and so I, had, I still had a small team. I had about three people that were working full time, you know, face to face. And then I had about another three people that worked remotely and we all pulled together our launch. It was amazing. We, we actually did, we shot our Sephora campaign in Ghana with, with an entirely Ghanaian uh, crew models. It was all Ghanaians and it was a beautiful campaign for our butters, which we used for the Sephora launch. And so it was really a combination of my team and Sephora team, like, meeting often and like going through everything to make sure that our launch was going to be a big bang amazing i mean and it was i i from across the pond in london i was hearing about it and i was uh, you know really uh, really really proud and happy for you and it's just uh, it's just now the beginning of many things so in terms of now so today what is the current um like plans for the brand you have a lot, what's your future plans that you can share we know you've got to keep something you can't overshare like can't overshare. people people will always go to africa now because we're, we're too giving <laughs> with our knowledge so uh, <laughs> so what well, is your right uh, yeah tips yeah yeah <laughs> we are just like i'm you know sephora i've always been a sephora girl and so yeah. um even like as a little kid in high school we're just we're just excited about expanding more in Sephora. Like I'm yeah. glad that we're back like shopping, you know, we're outside to a certain extent and so like I'm excited for the rest of this year for holiday. I'm excited for 2023 and we're just focusing on expanding more in Sephora. People, 
you know, write us and DM us and they tell us where they want to see us and, and what products mm. they want to see in Sephora. And so like, it's cool to get that feedback and it's cool to, to see like the brand grow. You know, I was actually like, I was in Nigeria and I was at a party and I overheard someone like talking about 54 Thrones and I was like, and they didn't know I was there. So it's just yeah. like to to those like moments where you're out and people people like know about your brand or they have your product. It's still like mind blowing for me still like to this day. And so like I'm just excited for the future for us. I mean, it's going to be honestly, I'm so excited because it's something that I know will resonate with people all around the world. Um, I always say as well in building Fable, I'm sure with you, 54 Thrones is the ingredients we're having, while they might have been landlocked in, in, our, in, our, in our countries and in, in, in our heritage, it isn't, they don't discriminate. These ingredients are for everyone to enjoy, right? And Absolutely. It's, and I think there's so much like, you sometimes see these TikTok trends and have you heard of this? And it's like, okay, these have been like, you know, thousand zeros. <laughs> yes. But the excitement, right, of them like, what the hell is this? It's like, that's cool. That's like, you know, we have to be vehicles of, um, I guess, education, but also accessibility to these ingredients via mm. obviously commercially beautiful products in right retailers, right distributor points. But that's exactly what we're doing, right, with our brands. It's building culturally conscious brands that are needed today and I think have a purpose and a point. So that's oh, very, very, very excited to I see where it's so going to head. Thank you. Yeah. I was so excited when I saw Fable and Main's end cap in my Sephora. I yeah. the picture uh, with you and your sister. I was like, yes, I loved it. <laughs> so I totally agree with you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And that's why also I was like, I put me and my sister on the face because I was like, obviously it's a sibling founded band, but I was like, we never get to see South Asians on the, on the, on right. these billboards of beauty brands. Like I put myself on, exactly. you know, that's bit right. of ego, sure. It doesn't hurt. But at the same time, like I can make the rule, <laughs> but like, I don't have to pay the buyout for our models as well. Save some budget. Um, <laughs> there's multiple layers to that. I mean, it's an onion in itself. Um, but, um, okay. I'm going to kind of like, let's do a little shark tank moment now. So I want, I'm going to, I'm asking, you know, you're, you're wanting, you're on this podcast. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sold. Is, is, I'm interested, but tell me about the product. Give me a, a descriptor. So everyone listening, paint a picture. Yes. So I set out to make the most indulgent, decadent, rich products. Like um, I wanted our products to be so beautiful. You want it to share. Like you want to be like, you want to like pull it out and people are like, Ooh, what's that? Right. So I wanted them to be fun and beautiful, but also have like an interesting, rich backstory that made people want to learn more about Africa as a whole. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and that fact was, it goes into even how I named like our butters. It's like Egyptian lavender and Moroccan mint. It's not just lavender and mint. Like I wanted you to be yeah. like, Ooh, Egypt, Morocco, like, Nigerian lemongrass, like I wanted people to be interested because what I learned is that, yes, we want to educate, but sometimes, you know, you have to put like some sugar on it, get people like excited. Like I put it in a beautiful pastel pink and yellow and box and it makes you mm -hmm. pick it up and then you're like, oh, this is an, like, this is African beauty and it's beautiful and I want it and I want to share it. And so that was, that was like also part of the turning point in 2019. It was like, I had to find a way to get people interested in my products and catch their eye and then catch their ear. Right. And so that's what our products are. We specialize in moisturization because no one wants to be ashy. And so, you know, it goes back from just these African beauty rituals, black beauty rituals, um, that everyone can really relate to. It's like waking up and your mother, like making sure that you're moisturized, like whether it's with oil mm -hmm. or coconut oil or shea butter. Right. And so we are building community by sharing these stories and sharing yeah. stories in a way that everyone can relate to. And you know what I love is you're making it fun. You're making it, um, you're making it informative, but fun. I love like, for example, you have a t-shirt that says classy, not ashy. Right. I mean, like literally like uh, my elbows. I mean, it's the whole story. But um, it's like these are things that like I literally even all my friends, they laugh. They're like, well, what is that? I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, that's just my like, yeah, that's just my skin. I just don't put enough. I keep on putting 
nearly, I put my cream on every morning and by afternoon it's already, yeah, it is what it is. But, um, <laughs> but I love like, you know, I used to be so ashamed of it growing up. I used to be like hiding it and I'm like, no, like, you know, like this is exactly. realities of people with highly melanated skin. We have this. And, um, but you know, you're, you're making it fun. You're making it inclusive and you're empowering, um, people. Uh, so I just love it. It's just, it's honestly, I, I couldn't rave about it enough. Um, so, before we go into sort of fire round questions, and um, I, I started to say wrap up the podcast because we could speak for days, um, I do want to know a little bit about sort of your routines, your rituals, how you, Christina, stay motivated, um, stay grounded, but obviously in Houston, not in Africa. So, how do you do it on a daily basis? <laughs> yeah, so the good thing about uh, my routine is that I work with people that I love. Um, and so it's easy for me to stay grounded. It's easy. And, and I, I love and I trust. Right. And so my sister, for instance, is our chief of staff. Um, my cousin is our brand manager. Um, some of my virtual um, staff have worked with me on I had other businesses and they've worked with me for years. And so I really have a close knit team that I trust and that I care about. And so they help me to stay grounded. But also, we like to laugh and have fun. Yeah. Like every Mondays, we turn on music and we have a dance party in the morning, like to get our energy going. And so I like to do things. I'm, I like to have fun. I feel like we're going to work hard, but I want to enjoy mm-hmm. the work that we're doing. And I want to motivate the people that are around me and, and support them in things um, that they're trying to do with self development or their, in their career and growing within 54 Thrones. And so working with people that I love. And not taking myself or what we're doing too seriously. Um, one thing, like I guess I could say is a ritual that I do. And I really take pleasure in a lot of small, simple things. And so on a nice yep. sunny day, I like to walk in my lawn barefoot. And yeah. it makes me feel connected. It's very simple. But like walking outside with no shoes on in a nice day is like something that I do. I lay it on my lawn. <laughs> It's like, no, but it's, 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 it's so embarrassing for me to say this. It's game changing. It shouldn't be game changing, right? It's just like, what, going out with socks on. But it's so true. We don't do it in our day that it's also scientifically proven with the grounding, right? With the, no, I'm not going to say, I, I think I, I used to be very scientific. I was thinking about the electron, uh, the negative, whatever it is, the ion. It, it's, I used to, I did four years engineering, but this is not proving that. But basically there is some science behind it. Trust me. Um, but yeah, it works. Grounding. It works. Effort. Like yeah. it works. I mean, I like, those are things I like to do. I like to put sprinkle lavender on my pillow before I go to sleep. So there's like little, small, little pleasures, little treasures that yeah. I like to do that. Like, help me like get through the hard days. Um, yeah. But I think what's also has helped me is like having a network of other beauty founders. I have a founder yes. group that I meet with once a month and we just like talk, we we groan, we moan, we celebrate together, you know, that and is that, has, that is, that's helped me too. And there's other like founders that I slide in the DMs and we talk. And so like those things help me. And I think one of, you know, your part of your ethos collaboration over competition. And so having that network has really helped me like make it through this journey, the ups and the downs. Yep. No, uh, and it's also really, it's something I'm trying to long-term think about what, where Founder Beauty will go. So I'll definitely pick your brains on that because I do want to build more of a community. I've done when I do the next one, you have to come because um, I think I did last year or earlier this year. I started doing these like breakfast meetups and, and it was interesting because I did one in New York, for example, one in LA and like, like 15, 20 founders came and then they were like, wait, we've both been in New York these founders and like some people were saying and it took a Brit to come to New York to connect them in person (laughs) but they've been connected online for so long and they never met and I was like guys like this is like we just need to work together communicate collaborate because it's a hella lonely b sometimes not always but it can be b we also like or, you know, we can share costs. Like, you know, we could do field stuff and split the cost. Go for that. You know, we can like get a freight together if you're getting similar labs and let's put the both units on there. But if you communicate, you figure out these ideas. So that's number two. And three, like, it's just fun to be on the journey with people. Like, I know, I don't know about you, but most of my like really close friends, not in the industry, 
if I tell them something about like um, supply issues, they're just like, go away. Or if I say, oh, I just want this award, they're like, great. Um, so I can't really talk, you know, I can't talk to anyone. So I need some industry friends to, to celebrate and to cry with. So it's, it's important. So I am thinking about whether, you know, with the podcast, we've got nearly 150 guests confirmed, like, can we create like a community, like a Slack group? Absolutely. A, a thing? And like have layers of different like uh, levels of brands, right? There'll be some billion dollar brands like Olaplex to yeah. the you know the very new brands that are just starting the company yet to start their company but I want to be on one platform right and then people can decide how they communicate with who and what but there doesn't really exist today that's a non-profit like I don't want to have a profit making right. one you know like where yeah. you yeah you can buy your way in and get this and subscription and that that I'm not about I want so I need to think about that but I think I can only create that by working with everyone to create it so it's not me on my own you know so let's talk I think that'd be really fun yeah I'm all for it it's it's important it's needed so uh, before fire round I have a very mean question it's a desert island question so you're invited to the founded beauty retreat um, which I've yet to plan and uh, you can uh, only bring one 54 Thrones product what is your go to Gosh. Um, I would, okay, Desert Island, so I need to be moisturized. Yeah. So I know that. Um, I would yeah. bring our Monona Glow Body Oil because I, I just love a good glow, mm. a good shine. I would definitely would bring our body oil. You'll be the most shining on the island. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. You've got to stand out, right? I know, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, so now fire on question. So this is first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently, currently loving right now? Oh, I love, okay, I love Ami Cole. I love their oh. lip gloss. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think uh, hopefully they're coming on the podcast too, because I've heard amazing things about it. And oh, she's is great. It, is, is, is the brand in Sephora? Not yet. Or is it in Sephora? Um, it's in Metaporte. It's in um, yeah. 13 Loon. Yeah. I think 13, 13 yeah. Loon. But yeah. it's inspired by like Senegal and... Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. I've heard amazing things. Okay, so Ami Kole. Like, very cool. And the founder is amazing. She's so lovely. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, nah, I think I'm following actually on yeah, social media. So, um, What's a guilty pleasure of yours? I, I don't tell myself no... So if I'm like, oh, Christina, you should get an ice cream or go, Christina, you should go get a massage. I say yes. I never tell myself no. Love that. Amazing. <laughs> what about if someone says, Christina, you should pay the air freight, which is 3x more expensive than the water. <laughs> never say no. <laughs> <laughs> that, sometimes oh you got to say no. Sometimes you got to say no. <laughs> sometimes I want to say no. I laughed because I literally had before this some quotes to sign. I was like, I should say no, but I said yes. Because <laughs> we need to make launch. Uh, but it happens, it happens. Um, next question. What are you currently watching or reading? I'm watching, I am watching Sandman on Netflix. Mm-hmm. How is it? It is, um, it's intense. It's very mm-hmm. intense. You don't know what's going to happen next, but I love it because the cast is so diverse. I'm watching it and yeah. I'm like, I love this. Yeah, I love the the casting. Um, so I'm watching Sandman. Nice. I'm reading. I am. Um, I'm reading Iconic, mm-hmm. a book called Iconic by Brian. I have to get this name. Yeah. Um, it's a book called Iconic. Bye. I'll, I'll help you out too. Iconic by. Are you sure it's called Iconic? No. <laughs> Scott McCain? Scott McCain. There you go. Okay. I'm reading it, it right now. Nice. <laughs> How organizations and leaders attain, sustain, and regain the ultimate level of distinction. Nice. Very cool. Okay, so I put that on my list. Um, well, first, let me know how it is when you finish, and then I'll, I'll put it on my list if it's good. Okay. Um, what is your like favorite social media platform right now? Ooh, 
Um, I'm starting to like Twitter. I don't tweet a lot, but I start. I got back on Twitter like a month ago. I know. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, like I, didn't expect that. I was like, I should have been on here. This is fun. So <laughs> I'm falling back in love with Twitter. It is. I mean, it's still. I mean, it's big still. To be honest, I, I have to be honest. Any time I go on Twitter today is when Instagram is down. I want to double check if it's down, <laughs> which is quite bad. So that's, I want to double check if it's down. <laughs> that's really bad when you know you you go on an app because another app. You want to check it, <laughs> but but I do think it's got a lot of potential. The annoying thing is, is for Arbra and Fable and Maine, my sister I think created the account ages ago, and then none of us can find the password, so we can like <laughs> everything, and it's like the worst thing because it's like I'm not prepared to create a new handle. Like I've got Fable and Maine everywhere. Right. We, we even own the Twitter one, but I just don't know the password, and they won't help us. So it's that like we can't help you. So, yeah, they're losing out on some amazing Fable and Main tweets. But, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> what's your, uh, do you have like a favorite quote or mantra? Yes. Um, if you want to create greatness, stop asking for permission. Love that. And my last question is, if you want a beauty entrepreneur right now, what would Christina be doing? If I wasn't a beauty entrepreneur, I would still be an entrepreneur Mm-hmm. I don't know in what, but I definitely would still be an entrepreneur because once you get a taste of this, it is addicting. Yeah. And once you know, once you create something and it works, you're like, I can go create anything. Like I can go sell donuts. Yeah. I can go be a re- like you can do anything after anything. you've done it once. Yeah, it's, well, it's like it's being really a chef. Like, if like once you make a, an amazing well recipe, whatever, you're not going to stop there. You want to create more, or you want to perfect like this. Exactly. You know, you want to. I compl- it's, it is addicting, and um, but I, and that's why I always try to tell my friends. It's like I know I never want to tell them like you know, leave your corporate job, try this because it's not for everyone, and, and you know. You, no. But sometimes if you don't try, you don't know, and if you don't no. fail. You don't learn. So it's kind of like, you know, it's very important to, to anyone listening that's still not making the jump, but curious, that curiosity is enough to just go, you know? Yes. I totally. think that's very important. But make sure you have an authentic reason, authentic brand, because there's a lot of things out there. We don't want to be creating things that are not needed in this world that you create and then there's landfill and then you fire people. Like, no, build it sustainably, consciously and be committed, but go for it. That's my one tip there. But Christina, it's been a... Definitely, I think my favorite in terms of podcasts, and we have such a, the best vibe already. So I'm just so happy for our conversation. So thank you. I cannot wait to meet in person. We need to make this happen very, very soon. Where can everyone follow you and 54 yeah. Thrones? So you can follow 54 Thrones everywhere Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere at 54 Thrones, the number 54 and then Thrones. And you can follow me at Funke, F U N K E underscore Tegbe. T-E-G-B-E on Instagram. I mean, I'll put all the links so people can just click, tap away. And um, Christina, I'll see you very soon in person. And this is just the beginning of our beautiful friendship. Thank you, Akash. Thanks for having me. Loved it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.